0: The people I've been doing for you today. The people I've been doing for you today.
1: Thank goodness. We are back. Hello, uh, uh we we, we need a cool name for us uh, other than some nobodies uh that is like also like our listeners as well. What uh, didn't
0: we have something uh snoots? Snoo- yeah. All right. What what's snoo- up? Snoops.
1: What's up fellow snoops out there? Uh we are some <laughs> nobodies and uh we are content creators. We're uh we're 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 ground shakers. We're record breakers, if anything else. Uh we're, we're life takers. We're that, spirit breakers. Oh wait. Okay. Colby's I, not on Colby's not on okay, this episode. Uh, so. Sorry, that was a little dark. Yeah, that's you're getting way too crazy there. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, we are some nobodies, and we make up a bunch of weird stuff. We make up content. We make up uh, uh stories, podcasts. You might know us from one of our uh, award-winning uh, podcasts called Silicon Angels. You might know us from one of uh, Dylan's masterworks, uh, Create Your Own Podventure. Um, or you might know us from Talking Upstream, which is a show where we interview other creators. We interview people um, – that make movies that write movies write tv shows uh write other podcasts write board games uh create foam edibles that can be worn yes. not eaten no should you could edibles eat edibles then i mean you, you could eat can, them yeah. Yeah, and then we talk to them about what their process is, why they do what they do, and then we share with them how we do what we do, and then we pitch them an idea, uh, and then together we make something. Uh, cool news is we have uh, season two officially starting this week, so uh, Sunday you'll see the very uh, the, the newest episode mm-hmm. of Talking Upstream and we uh interview a, a a very cool person who i'm trying very hard to make them my friend uh but we uh interview and chat with uh, uh, Tyler King um who is the the creator of uh, cool movies you can find on Amazon such as like super hot and um a, a bunch of our, actually just look about yeah. these, find, find some cool stuff um also watch the show find out from yeah. us them uh okay so what we do on our show like i said we make up weird stuff and then we do stuff with them What we wanted to do was uh, keep breaking it down and keep working with people. And we like working with uh, anyone, really. So we decided to make a new show. We put it on Facebook Live. We put it on Twitch. We put on our things so that we can interact with people live and then make up stories with you because you're cooler than we are and you can make up funnier stuff than we do uh and if you like it hopefully you'll watch it or listen to it so um yeah so uh if you were watching the last couple of weeks we had our, our friend michael colby on uh he was on an episode of talking upstream and we made a, a, a really cool concept that we pretty much finished last week uh, yeah. enough where i think that we should move on and, and work on something cool also colby isn't here so Whatever, who cares? Um, no, nah, so we're gonna work on to just
0: bit. the OG 2 yeah,
1: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: whatever work the nobodies, OG nobodies, I guess.
1: Yeah, we're the yeah. original nobodies, the OGNs. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> but what we do before people show up into the chats and whatever, I always have some weird bit of like nerd news that I want to throw at Dylan and just get his uh, uh, very nonchalant answers to them, uh, or just <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, well, uh,
0: as a Cucumber frightening a cat away from its food bowl.
1: That is that is very true. Uh <laughs> all right. So usually it's like a bunch of just nerd stuff. It just makes me uh uh, uh go, huh, I didn't know that. That's hmm. pretty interesting. Um, and one thing I actually told you yesterday, and I really should have waited till today, but um, the, the, the big sweeping thing about video games being adapted into movies, you can see that in, um what was it, the new Tom Holland, John? Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted. I saw Uncharted. Yeah, you saw Uncharted. I have not seen Uncharted. Now, fr- from an aspect of taking a video game, which the whole concept of a video game is putting a player inside of somebody else that you can control, things you normally can't do in real life, and then solving puzzles. Um, now, if you take the dynamic of that and put it into a movie, how do you feel the translation usually turns out?
0: Poorly. I think yeah. the best video game movies that I've ever made are not adaptations. Yeah. Hardcore Henry and Scott Pilgrim versus the World are the best video game movies that have been made. Yeah, I agree. For different reasons, but I those are the two that I would point to as the best video game movies. Not adaptations, Except Scott Pilgrim is an adaptation of a graphic novel.
1: But right. R-
0: yeah, no. Um those are like as far as making a video game movie, those two kind of strike me as the best ones.
1: Yeah, and it's crazy because like I said, the appeal of video games is not to watch it but to play it to interact it so to take that and then to make a movie out of it just seems like you're automatically detaching the audience from something mm-hmm. but you know with the recent rise of you know sonic doing very well actually sonic 3 just got green lit as well as a knuckles spin-off series yeah. uh got greenlit. uh so i mean they're really pushing because it it, it is it's cut you don't need an origin anymore, you know, like it just yeah. people people know it, so you could just go with it. Uh, and you're just taking the cutscenes. Um, but a couple video games that are being turned into movies kind of caught my eye recently. And I wanted to chat with you about it because I think you know a couple of these. Uh sure. number one, uh, I saw recently that Walter Goggins was cast uh in Fallout in a Fallout series that's being done by Amazon. Um now, we, we spoke, and I'm more familiar with Fallout 4, and you're familiar with uh, Fallout 3 a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I quickly made a list of I, what I think are the coolest um, ghouls that are in Fallout. <laughs> and then I you know Googled what are the coolest ghouls of Fallout. And uh, my list and this list are actually very similar, oh, only because it's mostly Fallout 4 characters sure. who okay. I know. Um, but if if you had to put together a character for Walter Goggins to play. And the show is called fallout. Do you think that they're going to use a specific game or give us a new city? F- f- my first question.
0: I, I am personally hoping that it's going to be an adaptation of new Vegas. Okay. It's a Western yeah. post-apocalyptic. You have the debauchery of post-apocalyptic Vegas. Uh, in my mind it's the best of the fallout games of the few, of the few i've played um yeah I, I i think it's going to synthesize a lot of fallout aesthetic into a generally kind of standard wasteland wandering storyline yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the main character is a detached older male who stumbles across a young uh abandoned child or or younger character and the two of them uh lone wolf and cub their way across the wasteland
1: so you think that you think that this is going to be a a show set in the fallout universe following a ghoul
0: potentially or walter goggins ghoul is going to be some other major secondary character
1: yeah Cause I mean I think that's interesting. If if you followed a Fallout series with a uh, behind a ghoul, that'd be cool. Uh, what a cool ghoul! Um, but. You know, of the ones that I know of, I think the ones that I would like to see Walter Goggins play uh, in Fallout 4, there's a character called Kent Connolly, And I don't know if you know this character well at all, but he's a major part of the the Silver Shroud uh, uh, storyline yeah. quest. And um, so he's a player uh, that he's like the radio show operator. And you can you can listen to him as you walk around Good Neighbor, which is a pretty interesting um, ghoul ran territory in fall okay. Four. the cool thing about uh kent is that he's actually kind of a shy character however he has to muster himself up to be brave and then um like he gives you one of the best quests i think which is to pretend to be the silver shroud which is a knockoff of like a 50s style radio uh like shadow character all right um there's also a character in fall Four called oswald the outrageous and he is in the expansion of the Nuclear world the dlc but Oswald the outrageous is—he uh, is a ghoul that once he became sentient, uh, he was actually a, a, a magician in a Disney World style. Um, a music park called Nuclear world in in fallout oh. and he was a magician in that place when he became a ghoul he was so radioactive um he was just full of radiation that the ghouls would just keep coming back to life whenever he walked around which made him think that he was actually a magician which All i right. thought was very very cool um one of my favorite ghouls is uh the vault tech rep who is in also fallout 4 now, when you start Fallout Four, the storyline you're getting is that you are before the fall. You're before the fallout. Uh, you're buying a vault, and then this guy comes and sells you the vault, and then he leads you into the vault where you get frozen. Then your son gets taken. Okay. Now, as you're playing the game, you actually come across the same salesman that has been turned into a ghoul, and he remembers you. Um and he is really upset that he wasn't given a vault, even though he did so much work. And then when you find out the you know the atrocities of what was actually happening in Vault Tech, uh he was actually pretty upset. Okay. But I think but I think the character that I think he will play if a character from their uh a Not not an original character, I mean, would be Hancock. Now, Hancock is a character who he's the mayor of Diamond City, and that's one of the cool little regions in Fallout 4. And he is given the name John Henry Hancock. Uh, he is like a super patriot. He wears like a tri-corner hat and like a, a red kind of British like uh trench coat. And he is just like he wants to be the mayor of Boston. He believes everything about that. Uh, like the, the Confederacy, everything is like, oh, or not the Confederacy. Body. No, no, not the Confederacy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was saying yeah, the, I, the the North side of that. Obviously, yeah, it's Boston. Yes, um, the Union. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he's just wholeheartedly just a, a good person. And I think Walter Goggins kind of gets typecast as a bad character more often than not. But when he is good, I think he's very, very good. He does play scumbags a lot. I think I'd be cool. There was a
0: ghoul compa- cool companion you could get in New <clears throat> Vegas. I don't remember his name. It was like I don't remember, but you, he, you found him, I think in like a, like a test site prison or something and you free him and he hangs out with you a bunch. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays that kind of character, kind of like the, the secondary, you know, ghoul companion because there's fallout, you know, you always have your companion characters, the ones that hang out with you, your little follower band. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. Walter, he doesn't get the lead, very often, I can't think of any time that I've seen Walter Goggin play the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, So I imagine he'd probably be playing another kind of like side character because he's a very good character actor.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's shown up in a lot of major things. So I would like oh, to yeah. see him get the lead, but he isn't oh, yeah. isn't lead worthy. Unless the lead is a ghoul, then you might as well get an amazing character actor for that. Yeah. Um, Which I'm interested in. Um, Okay. Uh, something else that I saw that I think you play is that they are finally uh green lighting the bioshock series it's on okay uh gonna be on netflix yeah and have you played bioshock
0: i played the first one way after it came out and i played infinite during the hype i yeah. haven't played the second one now I've,
1: I've played none of the dlcs for any of them how do you think now the original so this has been in development for like 10 years. They've been trying yep. to make this since the original one came out. And Gore Verbinski, uh, the, the original director of the Pirates of the Caribbean was yeah. the original director of, of Bioshock, and then everything else kind of messed up and whatever. Um, but I think because of how well The Witcher did on Netflix, they're gonna push more video game stuff. And how do you think a show about Bioshock can work? Because I guess that would really lead to just the visuals right because that's mostly what that game what that game is the 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 big thing that made the first bioshock
0: so good and i think spoilers are appropriate after it's been so long is that they work it's a it's a it's hard i don't know how to describe it it's an analysis of how video games push you forward along a certain path where eventually it's revealed that anytime the main the bad guy says, "Would you kindly do this?" Your character is compelled to do that, which justifies your hyper-violent run through uh, rapture until that point. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to recreate that experience. Yeah, in a TV show because part because- there, it does something that not a lot of video games do, where it involves the player. In the morality of the actions they've taken to that point when they were assuming they were just playing a video game. Because a video mm-hmm. game, when it's a shooter, you see someone run, you, you you're you do you see a glowing thing on the wall, you go towards it. Door opens, you go through that door, someone looks at you, they run towards you, you shoot them, stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Bioshock calls that progress or that that order of actions into question as far as the morality of undertaking it goes, which is really heavy for a video game and i think very difficult to do without the first hand involvement that a tv show won't have
1: Mm -hmm. no i agree and the thing about video games is that it's you know a lot of it is like the character learning how the game works the character finding things and being creeped out and you know taking their time and going at their pace And learning as you go. And in Bioshock, it's, you know, like you you have the setting, then you have the basic story, and then it's learning all these tools, but then designing the character the way that you want to play this game. Mm -hmm. So to kind of negate all of that is going to be kind of weird. I'm not sure if it's going to work. And I think that they would just start making original content, which is why this show is so important, because what we're doing is just making original content nonstop.
0: I do want to say,, uh, they need to involve the bee plasmid, the mm-hmm. swarm of bees. If that's yeah. portrayed on screen, i'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. I, and I, then, need, I love I love someone getting swarmed by bees. I don't know yeah. why.
1: <laughs> that is true. You, yeah. do, you, you do text I, all the all time. Like, I, I wish more people got bee swarmed. And I'm like, oh, man, I, you're the only one who uses that phrase. But I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm pointing I, it. Bringing it back. That's, that's cool. <laughs> um, now, next, I want to chat with you quickly about some Star Wars stuff. I know that you're not super into all of uh, the side projects that's going on. It depends. Um, Yeah, but one of the next one that we're talking about is uh Kenobi, and that's going to come out March twenty fifth, which is officially Star Wars Day. Not May the fourth. Um, May the fourth is like Star Wars Day for noobs, but May the twenty fifth is actual Star Wars Day because that's when the original March May, uh May May twenty fifth is nineteen seventy seven was when the original Star Wars was released. So May twenty fifth is like the big deal. Um, now that they're going to really do this show. Um, I'm curious what you think. uh, Now, this is after Luke gets dropped off in Tatooine, right? And we kind of know the ending of Kenobi's story. What would you like to see in this show? I
0: have not watched any of the TV shows except Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. So I don't know Rebels. I don't know Clone Wars. I don't know Bad Batch. But I was under the impression that a lot of Obi-Wan's interlude between the third and fourth movie had been covered. A lot of it was focused on Darth Maul, Mm -hmm. which props to Dave Filoni for realizing that Darth Maul was a great nemesis for Obi-Wan and bringing him back. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a decision that I, I fully support as a good, not retcon, but a good kind of like redo of the movies where Mm -hmm. they'll, where Obi-Wan didn't have a nemesis really. And Darth Maul is a good nemesis. And I've watched that final duel between the two of them. I'm like, "Cool. That's how I want lightsaber duels to be done." Yeah. Emotionally charged, uh quick because the minute you mess up, you're dead. Uh yeah. And then you have that moment at the end where it's like, "Did we have to do this?" Well, no, but you felt like you had there there's the emotional catharsis of the of it being the release of tension in the I don't know. there's a lot of stuff you can read into lightsaber fights beyond just swinging bright swords at each other that cut off limbs. Yeah. Um, I want him to not be on Tatooine. I don't <laughs> gonna, want him he's to be, on, be I know he's going to be on Tatooine. I don't want him to be there. You have an entire galaxy of really cool planets, really interesting vistas. You have this soundstage technology where you have a rear screen projector at an a massive resolution, which has camera tracking and focal changes. And it's a really impressive piece. And so far in a lot of the Mandalorian and almost the entirety of book of Boba Fett, you use it almost exclusively to show tattooing. Yeah. The best parts of Boba Fett were when the Mandalorian is on the ring world and you have yeah. this really impressive set, and you have yeah, a really cool looking
1: locale. It is the first time you really get to see what the volume can do, and the volume yeah. that's, that's what that room's called. The volume, okay. um, but yeah, it him getting on the elevator, and, yeah, really, really cool. Um, I and think the, they're speaking they're of Boba using Fett,
0: it though, to do sand,
1: <laughs> yeah, this brown, a lot of browns, yeah, um, a lot of I, sand. Think the, I think the problem with Boba Fett, and I've heard this critique somewhere else, but. The problem with Boba Fett is that what we think of as Boba Fett is the Mandalorian. Yep. You know, it's like what we want the what we want Boba Fett to be, they have portrayed the Mandalorian. So when Boba Fett came on, you're like, I don't really care anymore about this dude cuz I got my Boba Fett over there. I like him better. Boba Fett,
0: the more you know about him, the and the less interesting he becomes, and that's a yeah. huge problem
1: yeah really upsetting uh but the cool thing is that john williams is doing the the theme for kenobi so it's going to have that original star wars feel again so good like I, mean,
0: I, I he's never gonna he didn't he retire allegedly yep yeah he's never gonna stop making star wars music i think he i think he enjoys it too much yeah i think he has too much fun
1: and i get it um all right, the last bit of news that I'm going to chat about mm-hmm. so we can get on to creation, and you brought this up to me, which made me do a little bit of research. Um, there is a toy leak, and uh, I love toy leaks because they, you know, they really kind of let people know, like, hey, here's what's coming. Uh, but the weird thing is, is, whenever, like, Legos do toy leaks, it's just like a Lego minifig, and it's like, yep. you don't to really get a lot out of that. Now, you told me that there was a toy leak. Uh, now, spoilers for 4-4 uh, uh, visuals. Uh, there was a, a tour leak, a toy leak, kind of for legos with kind um, of with uh uh Thor. so i'm gonna show it right now and this is the picture that they showed uh now if you look at the very bottom of this uh you'll see that's where gore is with his necro sword um and i like that they have you know uh to- toothbiter and teeth nasher i forget what the I two goats the are goats called. yeah Uh, And that's cool. And if you don't know what Gore looks like uh, in the comics, uh, this is actually what he looks like. And he's pretty badass. And once again, if you look at that black sword that is uh, in the comics, the necrosword. Now, while I was doing research for this Lego toy leak, I found out that uh, they confirmed that Christian Bale's character Gore Will be using the Necro Sword, which is the same symbiote as Venom. And in the comics, uh, the Necro Sword is actually made by a character called Null, and Null created the symbiote. Uh, And uh, technically, the sword is symbiote itself. Um, And when Gore gets the sword, and (laughs) (laughs) when Gore is going to get the sword and Thor 4, Thor um, Thor, 4
0: Gore Sword?
1: Yeah, hopefully Korg is going to be in Thor 4 with (laughs) Gore's sword as well. Um, So Gore has, in the comics, his whole storyline is that he's so upset that he prays constantly for his family to just be well. And when his family is uh, slaughtered, he blames gods for it. So he goes on this mission to destroy all gods, which is fine. And then Dylan brought up a very good point last week was that, you know, it seems like the MCU is building up a lot of gods to possibly be taken down by gore uh which i think is very fascinating so i hope so yeah i'm interested in in what they're going to do with that little scrap of symbiote that they left at the end Hmm. of um the the spider-man and how that's going to turn gore into uh uh, a necromancing sword wielding uh god hating uh everyday man anyway okay so that's it i I had
0: no idea that there was parasite or uh, symbiote on the sword
1: huh. oh th- yeah the sword is symbiote which is very cool yeah okay because um, it, it was the original like i said it was null sword and yeah. null was the original creator of uh just, i didn't even uh, know i thought the
0: symbiotes bunch. came from like a machine on secret war or something like that or whatever Mar- it's called no i'll huh. give
1: you that comic. i'll give you that comic and you can sure. uh, you can check it out yeah you, you'll really like it it's it's really dark uh, okay. which is cool um if you care about any of that stuff fill it in the chat fill it in the comments let me know how you think about the mcu uh or uh, video game adaptations i would like that um now we're going to get into what we do here i'm gonna let dylan explain the concept uh we're going to work on the show you can find it on and what we're going to try to get done with the rest of this episode
0: yeah, so uh usually what we do on Twitching Upstream is we expand on an idea we previously developed on talking upstream. Uh and oh, okay, cool. Uh okay, I'm fine. Uh so I just don't let not know how uh, you
1: feel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Are we gonna are we fighting on the air now?
1: No, I had to wipe my mic off. I didn't want to okay, do cool. at
0: uh so yeah, anyway, on episode twenty-four of talking upstream, where I think we wound up doing this by ourselves. I think our original guest couldn't make it.
1: We had the the amazing guest that created Silicon Angels on that episode. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was
0: awesome. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So um, my memory ain't what it used to be. Episode 24 of Talking Upstream, we had the idea of a national – this was a text message idea Zach sent me originally, which was what if there was a national treasure, like, clue chain, like a chain of clues that some adventurer is following – and then some random person stumbles onto the clue trail in the middle of it and disrupts the entire thing. Yeah. And we wound up kind of making this idea of two aging treasure hunters getting interrupted in their like rivalry by Connor, the geocache bro. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh real uh, light, real light idea. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. I like this a lot. Uh, I, I got into a stint. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm from Delaware and I, uh, uh, worked at a brewery and uh we I, I was in charge of what we watched and everything and i got into this weird habit of just playing national treasure over and over and over again really just makes a crowd people... pleaser it, it's fine the second one not so much but the first one definitely is interesting and i'll tell you the reason that movie works is Nicolas cage only if you think about that as anybody else i don't think it would have worked it would have been too cheesy or something but anyway also at the time in Delaware, there's not a whole lot to do. So I really fell into geocaching. And I thought that was an interesting thing that people would just kind of have like an adult hide and seek for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Um, and if you don't know what geocaching is, if you just, uh, you know, you can actually just uh, look it up, but there's apps that tell you where people hide stuff and they might give you a little clue. They might tell you how far away you are from it. And you just got to find it. And if you find it, there's usually like a little treasure inside of it, or you just sign your name to something like, I found a jerk. So I really was interested in the idea of geocaching. Once I started watching National Treasure, the idea came. I was like, what if while I was geocaching, I accidentally found a clue while Nicolas Cage was on National Treasure, which is really just the whole idea of this. So yeah, I think this is a, a really funny concept. And obviously, I don't know if it can be a full on feature film, depending, but uh I, I like the idea of it a lot. So uh yeah what and, and how, what do you what do you think this would be the best way to to give this to people
0: there's it's hard to say until we get into it um sure. i think we had originally planned on it being a movie but it's also not a very fleshed out outline which is why we're here today mm-hmm. so yep i'm going to i'm going to throw up the screen share and we'll go through the original synopsis sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Ha ah, streaming comedy. I'd uh, hey. love to see it. Uh we haven't lost our one viewer yet, so that's fine. Hi. Yep. Uh, I see you. Hi. It was it's me. Oh you I see you too, Zach. Hi. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know who that person is, but they're watching on Twitch. Good for you. Yeah. So the original idea we had, um, we called it Relics because the idea was that the two main treasure hunters were aging out of it. Uh, and this kid kind of like, I don't know, reinvigorated their love of the actual preservation as opposed to just the chase. But <laughs> well, their names were Patton Cage. He's an aggressive museum acquisitions agent. And we named him that because he was Patton Oswald. And Dirk Romulus is a black market relic hunter. And I think we had like, we had someone rugged as Dirk Romulus. I don't remember who it was.
1: Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Uh, but then there's a third hunter who's kind of following them along and they're the they're the business professional, the older guy who like sets everything right and just kind of pops in when we needed someone to deus ex machina things back on track. Connor is a geocache bro. He works at yeah. an airboat touring business in I think uh, Florida. And Jasmine works with Connor and is fed up with his nonsense. Mm-hmm. The general progression because we wanted this to be a globe trot was we start in the Philippines, go to Stonehenge, go to Easter Island, go to Florida, and then we go to South America for the Mayan calendar. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in South America because we didn't do our research because we were just throwing it off the top of our heads. Probably somewhere in uh, P- Peru? I don't know. We'll do our research and we'll get things right. I don't know. There was a, I think there was a question mark in there. Anyway. I like, so we- I like Peru. <laughs> I like Peru too. Alright. Uh, it's settled. It's settled. Collectively, okay. we like Peru. Two out of two uh, snoofs, say, peruse the place to be. Uh, so we had originally decided this to be a two-act story because mm-hmm. we were being a little experimental. Uh, the first act, Patton and Dirk, or we might just... No, we did finish it. Okay. I was wondering if we just didn't get to the end because we had a good conversation, but we didn't have a guest. And you know that we don't know how to talk to each other. Um Oh, okay. Um, anyway, bits over. Act one. Uh, we <laughs> Patton and Dirk, they show up in the Philippines, they wreck some stuff. One of them gets the cross, which I think was a reference to like a piece of the tr- like the true cross. Um, for some reason. Uh, yeah. I think that was like their cold open where it's like we're both on the hunt for the piece of the true cross. This is our this is the tail end of our last act against each other. Uh, things are conflict heavy they don't get along very well and one of them like one of them gets it yeah go to stonehenge there's a secret chamber there they are am- we learned that they are amicable enemies we go to easter island they find a piece of ponce de Leon's boat oh cool something they're getting tired <laughs> we meet connor he's out driving his fan boat around looking for geocaching and he finds a fountain of youth we had determined that it was like a it was like a relic it was like an abandoned site or like a ruin or something. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the two hunters go to Florida and they find the Fountain of Youth, but there was something about evaporated salt in the bottom mm-hmm. of, the, of the fountain. <laughs> we might yep. need to go back and rewatch this episode because our outline is lacking sh- in some details. You should
1: have done your research for this.
0: I no, I refuse. During uh, Act Two. I think this is where the story actually gets up to start. <clears throat> Connor's yep. at work. He shows up the salt jar to Jasmine. She's kind of fed up. Patton and Dirk show up. Connor leaves Patton and Dirk rent Jasmine's boat because she is a consummate salesperson. Uh, Connor goes up to, back to his apartment at the fountain. They find Connor's little like alligator token because he's got a little like pin that he wears. It's an alligator thing. Jasmine mm-hmm. tells him who he is, where he lives, whatever. Um, They find his information from the employee info booklet. Uh, Connor comes home while they're ransacking his apartment. They try and pressure him into giving over the, like their, the clue. He sells them some other trinkets. They take him with them. Uh, Jasmine takes the salt and hides it. And then the third hunter finds her. Uh, there's this fan boat chase. And then they go to... I, I never know how to pronounce this. Chichen Itza? Okay. It's the square pyramid. It's that big famous square pyramid in Central America. Love that. Uh, The fake trinkets don't work. Third hunter shows up and has the salt. It all works. Empty chamber. Um, Someone actually beat them to the end, did it to steal the wind from their sails because he's an asshole. Uh, Patton takes the trinkets and puts them in a museum. And that
1: was the end of our outline. So we have our work cut out for us. Yeah, cool. Um, I'm not sure exactly why we decided to do the two-act structure. Now, how do you feel the two-act structure works in a feature-length film? And then should we just try to break this into three-acts so that it's easier to manage?
0: We might as well break it into three-acts. I think the two-act structure is good for when a movie takes a sudden and sh- like shocking like shift in tone or focus in
1: the middle of a movie. Now, we could do that with this. I mean, because at some point, we're going to have... Like, I think what we were... Th- going with in the beginning was having like a high intensity chase action sequence and then at some part it has to get down to almost a rom-com um with like a doofy fan boat <laughs> yeah. operator um, yeah but i guess it could be a t- i think it was tonal shifts i think that was like what yeah. we were trying to do um but it could just be like a a weird, you know, second act total shift and then come back around to the third act. So I guess we'll just try to figure it out. Yeah, I think so. All right. So we, we start off with Patton cage and Dirk Romulus. Now there is a third hunter that we don't really know about. Um, it's, they probably have a cool nickname, like, uh, like an animal, right? Like, um, it's like the dark Hawk or something or the not dark. um, (laughs) You know, like the, the the silver the silver hawk or something. You know what I mean? Like they, they always have like a cool uh whatever name. Three syllable three syllables. Um,
0: something van something. You know what I mean? So yeah, f- one syllable van something. Uh, yeah, Nick Nick Van
1: Cage. Well, not that. No, that okay. No, that doesn't really work here. Uh, um, uh, how about Willem? <laughs> no, that. John, John, no. We'll get. Who cares? He's a dark character, and he's name's Jack. I love it. Jack Van. Jack, Jack Van Dam. Black. Jack Van.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Jack Van Dam, but Van Zam is already uh, the the Matthew McConaughey's character in Reign of Fire.
1: Oh yeah, um, great movie. But we're not yeah. we're not
0: aping it right now.
1: Gray, Gray movie. Jack Van Gray. Jack Van Gray um whatever he's yeah, sure uh, he's down an ancient line of old relic finders yeah. from <laughs> western europe my grandfather
0: anyway. was a treasure hunter and his grandfather was a treasure hunter and in between they do some sort of business thing to fund our adventures
1: yeah i love that and so we don't really meet connor yet correct we yeah
0: we had this We, we or had how this, do we,
1: we uh... how do we yeah we got to
0: weave it somehow right Yeah, this idea where the first most of the first movie is setting up the treasure hunt, and then we do that weird like the game's afoot music swells, cut to Connor working at the airboat fact like tours. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that, and I guess um, maybe we could even try to make it seem like either Connor or Jasmine is related to one of these other characters. You know, when that you that phone call oh yeah handling <laughs> situation we're like wait are they actually because that way you don't really know like what's going on maybe like Con- uh
0: connor van gray
1: <laughs> yeah or like Dirk calls someone it's like we're on our way hangs up the phone hard cut to connor and it's like i guess there's somebody who knows um jasmine did we have a reservation someone said they're on their way yeah <laughs> like what, what's it under uh van gray van gray that's my maiden name um <laughs> So, but the the majority of the first act is the adventurous kind of romp to get the first thing, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. And the first thing that we had was the Philippines. Um, Now, what do you think they'll be looking for in the Philippines? The Philippines has 1,700-some islands, and it's a a pretty big place. Yes. What do we... uh,
0: The, orig- the idea we have here is one of them gets the cross. Now, here's the thing. The Uncharted movie just came out, as we said earlier. Yeah. And the main drive of the Uncharted movie is that they're trying to get Magellan's treasure. And the way they do that is by using two jeweled crosses. Did they steal our idea? I, I don't know. I haven't played Uncharted. Me neither. Okay, who so wrote, not a, not a movie. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> Uncharted. Uh, I don't know there. Okay, so let's, cha- let's let's change the cross to something that has like a little bit cooler of a of a feel to it. Um, and I don't really think that it should be religious in nature. So okay. let's say that it's like um maybe it's like a, a like a skull to like a like a missing link skull, or like a skull of like a new species, or like a um,
0: like a like an emperor's like Alexander the Great's skull or something.
1: Yeah, I don't or know. like maybe well, his. I'm gonna golden, make sure like, that's
0: not a real thing.
1: What about his golden dentures? The golden dentures of Sir Galahad that was lost in the <laughs> Philippines.
0: <laughs> Ooh. So, the location of the tomb of Alexander the Great is an enduring mystery. We found so, it. Following his death in Babylon, it was initially buried in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. I would imagine. I doubt um, it. <laughs> you never know. He was pretty great. He could have gotten across the
1: sea. Uh, I don't before think be... Memphis was a... it
0: I mean, well, he, well, and then it says the Wikipedia says it was be, he was transferred to Alexandria, which is in Virginia. So I mean, he was here in America. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, where he was reburied, but then like a bunch of people visited in Alexandria. Virginia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it has it's been good potentially potentially destroyed.
1: Well, guess what? It was found in the Philippines. So uh wait, what was it? A tomb? Yeah, it's his burial place. Oh. Uh Would there you, have been take that. Was he have a sword
0: in there or something? It could be a sword. It could just be that they moved his corpse around and they moved it somewhere. Uh yeah, as of twenty twenty one. Egyptian officials claimed they had found it in Siwa Oasis, an urban area near the
1: Libyan border with Egypt. Mm, far from Virginia. But let's just say mm. that we found we, we found it? out. Yeah. Uh, mm. we found it and it's gonna be in the Philippines. And we're looking for Alexander the Great's skull or jaw. Yeah. Bone. He had a good uh, jawline.
0: For some reason, they think Alexander the Great's um <laughs> remains
1: wound up in the Philippines. Yeah it Was being transported and then the ship was sunk. Uh that makes sense. Um, so we're looking for the remains of Alexander the Great, and I guess one of the main characters has to kind of you know, it just starts close to where the remains are, right? And the character's yeah. like, Oh, we finally found it, and they're all <laughs> dirty and sweaty, and um and they so get there.
0: I have an idea for the end of the
1: movie. The end? I'm in give it to me
0: they they spend the movie looking for alexander the great's remains and at the end they're like well it says he was originally buried in memphis and moved to alexandria and in wait a minute alexandria virginia and then it's been carried over and they're like oh well that was simple
1: yeah like they they have a they have a map of the world up and they like point to all these places and then somebody's like but we didn't look at the U (laughs) S and all the places have the same name. Yeah. I'm fine. fine Uh, Alexander the great uh, was in Memphis, Tennessee for a while. He's a fan of Creole food and uh, you can't find that in Memphis, but you can get a good barbecue. You think it's funnier that
0: he's in Memphis, Tennessee or Alexandria, Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: i guess alexandria virginia because uh there there is more of a of a joke linkage to that yeah Uh, they might they might not understand memphis is a real place somewhere else so i I think
0: treasure hunters probably know but that's okay
1: no treasure hunters but not not a normal uh okay i got you of of a comedy of a plus the the legend
0: the legend is that his remains were moved to alexandria in the ancient world so this 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 scans with them being like wait a minute these clues are for the ancient world we're living in the modern world or something like that it's like what if we've been following the clues but we've been following them wrong well who what i know we can justify this so
1: that it's no, very I, funny no, and it I, makes percent in the
0: logic of the story okay cool yeah
1: so i'm gonna assume that the way the so knowing that ending i'm going to assume now <laughs> excuse me that the corpse that the first person finds which i'm assuming is dirk because we want to be behind Patton, yes. So let's say Dirk gets to the Philippines, finds this corpse, takes it. Just as Patton gets there, and he sees like the joke that Dirk left there, like uh, like a stuffed animal head. It's like ha ha, you're too late once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just assume that uh, Dirk has the real skull, but obviously we're going to find out that the real skull was in Virginia the whole time. Yeah. Um. Now what had happened was maybe the dark third figure uh, uh, is the one that brought it to Alexandria to begin with. And they're just following to see, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out soon. We did have um, an
0: idea that the third person, <laughs> the third Hunter had already beaten them to it. Yeah. And then kind of like mocked them and put them through all of it just to mock them at the end.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, cool I'm, with. I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah. And I think that it might be funny if, as maybe the two um, fighting uh, archaeologist people kind of team up at the end to figure it out. And then Connor's like, well, Alexandria is in Virginia. And they're like, listen, you idiot. Like, that's not, he's like, no, I'm, I've been there. I was there on two spring breaks. It's a fine place. And they're like, well, we got. <laughs> so I like the idea of maybe Connor figuring it out uh, accidentally. And then there's like that weird fight at the end with the mysterious person. Because they're not supposed to figure it out um so we leave the philippines uh thinking that dirk has the skull that patton's looking for we also uh see the shadowy figure that had originally taken the corpse and blah 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 so we don't know about that we'll get to that later and this is still in act one right so we got to get to something else so then we in act one we need to have some kind of argument between those two people to establish what their relationship is um, right? So we have, we have to maybe have, um, I know it's one of those cliche things, but, uh, what do you think about having them kind of meet up at like the black market dealer or whatever?
0: I was just thinking we kind of indulge it and we're like, this is the bar where all of the treasure hunters of the world hang out in the underground, in the underground. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So because maybe Patton's like, well, there's only one place that he could you know, get that off his hands that fast. And as they go there, they, they cross paths. And Dirk is like, it wasn't real. And Patton's like, come on. That's the oldest trick in the book. I know we're in Memphis, but Elvis is dead. Is there like an Elvis joke always? Like, look, it's huh. Elvis. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Listen,
0: everybody everybody claims they find Elvis at some point.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay. So then we get, um I guess that conversation lets us know, that there has been struggles between them, they're frenemies, right? Yeah, they're right? frenemies. Yeah, yeah, they're frenemies. And they're like
0: Cold War spies from opposite ends of the
1: world. Yeah, and what's the next place they're heading to? It was the Philippines to Stonehenge. Stonehenge, right? Okay, so what what is going to lead them from the Philippines to so what, what? What's the clue, or um what what do you what do you think can link those two
0: places? Well the band Stonehenge has a song called Alexander the Great.
1: This is okay. real. No, I'm I'm okay with that completely. What uh it's, when did it's that come the second out?
0: track on Scum Brigade? <laughs> and when did that come out? Uh I'm looking at it. Hold on.
1: You're looking at a song? Uh, I'm looking at the lyrics. Oh, okay. I don't know. So okay. I, I can't find it. So somehow we find out that this band might have a clue, <laughs> and they and they've got nothing else going on. So, I think we're.
0: Get, I I don't I don't know about that one. That <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you brought
0: that up. I did bring that up. Um. Hmm.
1: Because what? What? Let's see. Are they looking for something that has to do with Alexander the Great there, or are they looking for something else because they thought they failed on the Alexander one, and then we can come back around? I, to I that think later. the
0: initial one with that cross idea was the cold open, where it was yeah. at the end of their previous treasure hunt, mm. and we cut from them wrapping up their treasure hunt to, well, I guess not. Yeah, looking I don't at the think old so. outline. Man, I we should I should really do my research. Um and I agree. rewatch our old episodes. Um <laughs> Uh I I mean, we can kind of assign whatever we want to Stonehenge. That's kind of the you beauty know, of honestly, a
1: plot device. If you wanted to start cutting in the other the other storyline. Yeah. This this could be a weird place to do it. You know, like maybe wherever this uh, uh black market dealer places, maybe this is close to Jasmine or Connor somehow. And we just kind of follow Connor for a second. I don't know. Like, I think if we hop into the other storyline, yeah. then when we cut back to these guys and they're at Stonehenge. We don't need to know yeah. exactly why they're there uh, yeah. or how they got there. I mean, they're they're professionals. They, they know what yeah. they know what's up. Um. Now, I don't really know what we're going to do with Connor and Jasmine. Um, Maybe. um, I'm okay with this being a
0: rom-com between the two of them.
1: Yeah, but I I just don't know how we just get to their storyline.
0: I mean, we just, we, we, I think we do the first like 15 or so minutes with the two treasure hunters. Mm -hmm. And we know that they have kind of like this, will they, won't they join up relationship against the third guy. And then they're just like.
1: Well, the skull's fake, so next,
0: maybe they have. Maybe they clue. have
1: to just. Maybe they just have to like get a fan boat to get to wherever this black marketplace is, and that's how we just kind of meet. Well, you know, event-
0: the reason <clears throat> that they eventually go to the fan boat place is because they're looking. They they have to go to the Fountain of Youth. Right,
1: but Connor Which, finds that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Connor what? finds that and interrupts the clue chain. All right, so we have to get to we have to know Connor and Jasmine before that. Then, oh. oh no, Dylan blacked out. All right, so what I think that we should do is knowing that for we for Ponce Oh, you just but came I, back.
0: I ducked out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My internet pooped. It's okay. What were you saying? I think they were looking for Ponce de Leon's skull, um, because the the. I don't remember. What what were they initially looking for? Um, Mayan calendar, something about that. They're looking for some sort of Mayan treasure. And that led them down to Florida. Now, I don't know. Ponce de Leon, people know where he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, his tomb is in Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we don't need to do that. I think we kind of change up a little bit. Uh, we're still using yeah. the same structure, but I think that if we... um maybe we somehow allude to us thinking that that shadowy third figure is Connor somehow, you know, like maybe when we cut to, when we cut from the two main uh, uh, treasure hunters, we cut back to the illusion of the shadowy figure kind of looking around in like a jungle. Right. And it's like, is this that shadowy figure? But it's actually Connor and he's okay. geocaching. Right. Sure. So that way, maybe we're going to kind of trick somewhat of the audience to think like, is this that same guy from earlier or whatever? And then we kind of let people know he's also a geocacher because he finds something very mundane. Um, you know, usually it's like a tiny capsule that when you open it up, it's like either a piece of paper that you unroll to put your name on it or like just a tiny like a sticker or like a little something. So um, we kind of use the same filming technique to make it seem like it's the adventurous shadowy figure then he opens up this thing and it's like a rare sonic the hedgehog uh something you know whatever and then he runs back he runs back and tells jasmine and then we just kind of follow them for a little bit yeah right
0: yeah no i like that a lot i like the misdirect of yeah yeah. shadowy cut we, we misdirect cut to the shadowy figure in a tropical wilderness and it's just connor geocaching uh yeah connor Returns to uh, Everglades Airboat Tours. Yeah. Limited.
1: And maybe LLC. him and Jasmine. Yeah, maybe him and Jasmine have a really weird conversation about him trying to sell it. So it's still kind of getting along the same lines. And she's like, Where are you gonna sell that? At? He's like, I know where I'm gonna sell it. And you think it's that same black marketplace, but he just goes to eBay. Um, yeah. So uh,
0: Connor found something. Oh yeah, I like that he puts up like weird salt on eBay or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he stumbles onto a ruined fountain, an out, an overgrown, an overgrown hmm. ancient fountain, and finds a jar of ancient jar of salt. Sure, why not jar of salt? Uh, Connor returns to Everglade Airboat Tours LLC there will they won't they uh connor lists the salt on lot for sale online uh yeah and then eventually when the two treasure hunters go to florida and realize that the clue has already been taken they find the listing and they're like this is the guy why don't we just buy it because we don't want a paper trail man <laughs> look yeah you can look in the background of the picture of the salt you can see it was taken on a desk that says everglades airboat tours yeah that's in town yeah
1: yeah i'm into that i think that's funny um all right so how much all right if we're going to break this into a three-act structure how much of act one would you say this is roughly covering
0: i'd say he i say the inciting incident i say this is the first 20 minutes
1: okay cool not not very long yeah now what would you say would be a good act one kind of uh a finish point uh the two treasure
0: hunters show up at the airboat's place and start chasing connor
1: all right cool yeah i like that so let's get them to the airboat place and he's like show me where you found that salt or whatever yeah yeah and he's like look i just use this geocaching he's like i just use geocaching (laughs) app and they're like all right so they get the geocaching app or whatever and Connor just read the app wrong and they go to the wrong place. I think that's fine. Yeah. If well, we wanted that.
0: I think I think something along those lines work. I think we have them kind of circle each other at first for a little bit. Like, they show up at his workplace when he's not there. They show up at his house when he's not there. They show up at some place where he's eating lunch at the same time and they're like, mm-hmm. wait a minute.
1: all right, That's him. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm into all that. So I think what we should do for next episode is I think that we should... Uh, finish up act one completely work out who these characters are yeah and then kind of figure out where the shadowy figure is going to come back in because i think that we have to give that character as much attention and a, a, an arc as well and then if we can mimic that in connor's arc then i think that's a really cool way of uh, uh tricking people yeah. so no, i think I that's a good i think that's a good place to stop right now um yeah, so tune in next week. Uh where we're gonna uh part two, this guy and get the rest of Act One figured out and try to help out. Um honestly, we have a lot of people to thank. We thank a lot yeah. of people. Uh, a lot of people mean a lot of stuff to us. Uh Red Flanagan, uh, awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. Uh our East Coast friends, uh Sarah Dukachik and Tonya Shek. Uh, also we have uh Jeff Duaskin and Scott Curtis. We got some amazing podcasters over there. Uh, anything that uh, Michael Colby's doing with the Jack Billings guys. Uh, but if you want to help us out a- and really uh, motivate us slightly more and push us to make some more weird stuff, uh, you can always go to our Patreon and help out. Uh, you can just chuck us a buck and we would uh, work hard for that. We really would. So go to patreon.com backslash nobodies if you would like to assist us in our endeavors. We are trying to talk slash twitch our way up to a streaming service because we got original content and we should show yeah. you guys what we're trying to do with other people's money and some of your money too. That's some of we'll, it. Take, we'll take it. Um, Whatever yeah, you'll give us. Go check out the stuff that we've done. If you want to see the things that we can do before you give us some money, uh, Silicon angels season one is already out. It's doing very well. Uh, we already have season one of our talking upstream. Uh, season two is going to start very soon. You can go check out uh create your own pod venture. Honestly, just open up something and type in some nobodies. Yeah. Um, and we appreciate it uh you can find uh my, my friend over here uh, on most uh socials at vorpal words uh where he writes words and they can get pretty vorpal which is interesting yeah uh dylan do you have any any uh words of wisdom for our friends out there
0: Nah.
1: <laughs> awesome all right well thank you very much for listening slash watching or whatever we love attention and we like your attention so thank you thank you thank you until next time, folks. I thought I had a burp coming on. Oh, save <laughs> it for next, next week. Time. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, at least on the camera. All right. I've been Zach. He's been Dylan. You did it. And you've <laughs> been great. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. I
0: didn't mean to interrupt your intro. So I'll or outro. So next I'll do week. it tomorrow.